soybean trickery, a giant monster lurking in the forest, and is time running out for reality itself, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I hope you're having a great day. I'm having a great day. Great temperature. I took a long nap. It's really nice out. I needed that nap because I finished recording the Bel Ray Surge episode, The Prince of Bel Ray, probably around 11, which is normal, 11 o'clock at night. But the episode was 49 minutes long before I edited it up. Now, usually what you hear is what was recorded. I, I don't do many edits. Sometimes I'll take out us or certain words, you know, mm, but it's normally how how you hear it is how it was recorded. And I kind of did that on purpose. So if I have a 20 minute podcast, it takes me maybe 20 minutes to edit it, listening to it back. Just keep it casual. Just keep it casual. Last night's episode, though, 49 minutes long was way too long for the information presented. And I found myself repeating stuff. And I went on like a five minute rant about the Illuminati and I was like, ugh. So I and and to really to get down 19 minutes, I had to take out like two minute segments at a time. So I ended up going to bed like at one in the morning, and I work at six in the morning. So I, I came home and got a good nap in. Today we actually have a we're going to have a really cool episode. I think there's some interesting stories going on. One of them I was thinking about a lot today, and I kind of changed direction on it. So I think that's fairly interesting. Um, there may be, you may notice there's a bit of a change in my voice, a little bit of discomfort might be the right word. So what I've started doing, I drink a lot of soda, a lot of diet soda. And I was like, you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to try to switch to coffee, just drinking as much coffee as I did soda, just because it's cheaper really in bulk, but I like to drink a cold drink at summertime. So I've been buying coffee, brew it up, pour it into a empty diet Pepsi bottle throw it in the fridge. And I'll make six bottles at a time or three bottles, you know, whatever. And I just keep using the same coffee and I just like put more coffee in and da 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 da. So I make about six bottles a time. I've been doing this for maybe about three or four days. How often do you think I horribly scald myself while pouring the hot coffee into the bottle? If you know me, if you know me in real life, you know the answer to that. It's about one out of six. So for the past three days, and not one out of six days, one out of six bottles, and I'm refilling them every day. For the past three days, I have horribly scalded my left hand three times. Normally, I don't record a podcast right after I burn my thumb so badly it changes color, and then just water being put on it burns as much as the original pain. I have a funnel. I'm not an idiot. But, you know... Obviously, I need to work on my funnel game if I have a one in six chance of horribly scalding myself. And today it was so bad, I actually dropped everything I was holding because it kind of covered my whole hand. So I lost, even lost some coffee out of that, out of that bottle. So that kind of sucks. Now I only have four and a half bottles in there, five and a half bottles, something like that. I have a bottle out here for me. It's really good, though. I give it. I uh, I'm thinking about learning how to cold brew coffee just so I don't burn myself horribly. But I need to buy some cheesecloth for that. So first conspiracy today is going to be one of our other food-based conspiracies. This one's interesting because it's happening right now. There's actually a court case going on about it, 
And, you know, we, we look at these conspiracies and they're like, oh, you know, this evil group is trying to use, you know, cannibalism to control these politicians who will then pass these laws that will bring about the New World Order. Those are fun, sexy conspiracies because they get the blood boiling and they get the brain working. But the, the conspiracies that really, like, affect people are just fairly mundane and kind of cruel at the same time. So what the issue is, is uh, black farmers, specifically black farmers in the uh, Southwest and Louisiana, that area, recently, well, last year, everyone buys Stein beans, Stein soybeans. It's a great product. They're not a sponsor of the show, trust me. They're not definitely going to want to be after this story. But anyways, the, the Stein beans are very well known. They're a great product. You, you plant them, they grow, they're, they just produce great crops. And they've always had their reputation of it. Generally, you drop $100,000 on just the soybean seeds. Or they're just soybeans. Maybe the bean is the seed. Anyways, and then you buy another $100,000 worth of chemicals from them to help everything grow. Generally, you'll get 60 to 100 bushels out of a bag of these seeds. So in this area, you had white farmers buying these stein seeds, planting them, and going, oh, a great crop. I got 80, 90 bushels. I almost got the max. This is amazing. Hey, Craig, how are you doing? And Craig, who's a black farmer, he's been in farming all of his life. His dad was a farmer. His grandpa was a farmer. He bought his stein seeds. He bought his chemicals. He planted them. Five bushels. Maybe 10. High-end 10. He's like, I don't know what's going on, Tom. I'm doing the exact same stuff you are. Our farms are right next to each other. The rain falls on our crops the same way. I've been in it my whole life. You've been in it your whole life. Why isn't this working? Tom doesn't know. They start talking, and what happens is they meet other farmers, black farmers, who are like, oh, man, I'm having such a hard time with my crops. My soybeans aren't growing. And Craig's like, let me guess. You bought stein seeds. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, how'd you know? They take these seeds down to Mississippi State University. They pop them on the table. Hey, check these out. We think there's something wrong with them. They're not growing for us. And the researchers at Mississippi State University look at them and go, yeah, there is something wrong with them. They're fake. What do you mean they're fake? They're dormant. They'll, they would never grow under any circumstances whatsoever. They bought the, bought the seeds from Stein, who they've always bought the seeds from. And when you buy them from Stein, and I'm assuming other seed manufacturers, it's in a huge bag and it's sealed with a label on it to show that these things have been certified Stein seeds coming right off to the factory. Because obviously fraud's, been a, fraud's a problem in any industry. But when they opened these bags up and broke that certified seal and planted these, the seeds were fake. The question, there's multiple questions here. One, who, what was the end game here? Some people think it's just human greed. Sell someone a bunch of fake seeds for $100,000. You know, you pay $10,000 for the seeds. If that, $500, they are useless. A dollar for the seeds, and you sell them for $100,000. The other one, the other conspiracy theory that is being put forward is that this is a concentrated effort, or a concerted effort, I think is the word, concentrated this is a concerted effort to run black farms out of business the lawyer and this will all be in the article there's a nice audio clip from the lawyer and he's he was saying that 
you know, you have, these farmers have lost a million dollars. Like you invest a hundred thousand dollars plus the chemicals, but the bushel you make the money from the soybeans. Everyone, every food company wants to buy soybeans. Every it's in everything. They've lost all of that. And he's like, the point, the reason why this was done, the reason why black farmers were targeted was to run black farmers out of business so white farmers could buy their land. You know, and that's always the funny thing with conspiracy theories is that you come to a point where the facts, the absolute facts run out and then it's the extrapolation. The absolute facts is that this group of farmers who were black were sold fake seeds and their crops failed. That's 100% the truth. And, and they were in certified seed Steinbacks. The, ha- the why. We know the who, what, when, where. Wait, who, what, when, where. Yeah, we know the who, what, when, where, and how. But we don't know the why. And so that's where we go start to go off into, you know, more conspiracy theory land. Now, Stein Seed Company has said this is not true. What they're what are they are accusing of us is not true. They're not saying it was an independent distributor that they're investigating. They're not saying that oh that must have been a training batch. That got, they're saying it's flat out not true that these farmers are absolutely lying about the whole thing. And again, when we talk about conspiracy theories, when you're when you're the person the conspiracy theory is against is a group we don't normally trust. Which group is more trustworthy to you? A group of small business owners. Or a mega corporation. Now, to a person who works for a mega corporation at the top level, they may go, oh, the small business owners. But generally, the general population will go, oh, the small business owners are probably really did get ripped off because everyone's a bit ripped off. Once you throw race into that, it kind of throws the scales up a bit because now if I go, who do you trust more, black people or white people? People go, ugh, I don't like that. And but obviously that plays a part in people's perceptions of these conspiracies. There may be people go, I don't trust black people, so the corporation's telling me the truth. But I, I don't think that's likely. I think people will generally say, Yeah, it makes sense that a corporation would try ripping someone off. Racial component aside, they may go, I bet you those guys are rape, ripped off. I don't know if they are ripped off so white people could buy their land. That's stretching it. Really what happens is it's going to come down to the court case. And I hope when they file the court case that they don't include that part. Because that is not very well linked for me. If I was a juror and they presented me with all the evidence. And the the defense goes, well, what's the motive? Why'd they do it? And the lawyer goes, human greed. Human greed. Maybe it wasn't just targeted at black people. Maybe they randomly got them. Maybe a bunch of white farmers got them too, but don't know about it and haven't complained. And as a jurist, I would go, that makes sense because corporations are really, really greedy. If they say this was a huge concerted effort to eliminate the black farmer, as true as that might be, as true as that might be, as a juror, I'm going to go, I believe everything else. But, I mean, that's now, once you start to get into motive, you, you kind of start losing me. It, that could honestly be why, they're, why they did it. But I think a, a huge factor of it is human greed. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. I don't know. I would be interested to see if it was only black farmers that got these seeds. Then I would say, yeah, it probably was an effort to destroy these farms. You know, I, I imagine, I, the only way I can imagine that is, you know, you, you don't order this stuff 
out of a catalog. As far as I know, you have to go to like a warehouse or like a convention where you place your orders for seeds. And you have a line of a bunch of people, and there's two white farmers and a black farmer behind them. The white farmer goes, I'll take ten bags, and the guy puts the bags on the table. And the white farmer comes up and goes, I'd take ten bags, and puts the white farmer's white bags up on the table. The black guy comes up, and the guy turns and pulls out of a different pile of stuff and goes, here you go. Or even if you're in, like, a warehouse, and you get an order online, they're like, hey, buddy, which one do we pull the stuff out? The white pile or the black pile? Well, the name's Tyrese, so pull out of the black pile. I, I don't see that. I think someone just cut labels off, dumped fake seeds in there, and sold the real seeds on the black market. Either way, it's horrible. And either way, it is a conspiracy. One is a criminal conspiracy. And the other one is a like what we would cons consider an actual conspiracy theory. But I thought that was an interesting story. And it's something that I'm definitely going to try to keep involved in. Not involved, but on top of, because I think it's a... It's, I, love the, I love the stories that are kind of happening right now, and, and especially the ones that involve law enforcement or any sort of record-keeping, because that way you can actually prove them. The second story we're going to talk about, we're going to see if I can get to the big dog story. The big dog story is supposed to do on Monday... You know what? We'll talk about the big dog story now because it's super short. I came across this video on the Daily Star. Now, if you know about the Daily Star, it is probably one step above the onion. It it writes the most ridiculous articles. It's the internet equivalent of the weekly world news. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of fake news out there. This is like takes takes the cake as far as fake stuff. So normally if I see that a link takes me to the Daily Star, I just ignore it unless I want to laugh. But this one has a video included. It could be fake. Could be, but I don't know. And it's interesting to watch anyways. It's a video of a man. You see two, You see a dog in the middle of the woods. And you see like a black dog laying on the ground. And the dog's barking at this black dog. And they're in the middle of the woods. And you hear the guy going like, get away, get away. Like trying to get his dog to get away from it. And then you're watching this and you're like, what's going on? The black dog then gets up on its hind legs. And it looks like a dire wolf. It looks like, what are those things called? The wargs from uh, the Two Towers? It is one of the biggest animals that I've seen outside of CGI, and the dog immediately reacts to it. I mean, it's huge. Now, obviously, you could watch it and go, ah, oh, it's forced perspective, or it was CGI. I don't think so. What, cryptids is one of the things... I'll, I'll say, ah, oh, the Bell Ray surge, I don't think happened. And there may be individual sightings of Bigfoots or UFOs or fairies or whatever that I'll just be like, yeah, I don't believe that. But I do think that cryptids are probably one of the more likely phenomenon. I think it's more likely that there is an undiscovered race of creatures or even just one remaining creature left in the wilderness than a lot of other paranormal ideas. Stuff like, I'm, I'm you know, uh, talking to the dead, seances and stuff like that. I'm usually like, eh. But, you know, again, people who are like, yeah, I was in the middle of the woods and I saw this thing and it was like eight feet tall and it was a giant lizard. I got fair enough. You know, I wasn't there. But generally, those type of things, I, I, I could see that happening. So go ahead. And, I'm going to put that video on the links. It's just real crazy how this dog just and I don't think it's a werewolf. A couple of people were saying it was this side or the other thing. Could just be a super massive wolf. But it, it's definitely scary. And then don't click on any other links on that website because they will, it's just trash. It's a trash website. Unless they want to sponsor me. And in that case, just email me at deadrabbitradio.com. I will edit this episode and take that whole segment out. 
So our last story we're going to do today is interesting for me because it's on the conspiracy list. It's on the iceberg conspiracy list. It was just three little letters. I looked it up. I found the information rather quickly, and I, I thought it had a beautiful image. Thought it, I wanted to talk about it. Just, it's very short, and it had kind of this beautiful imagery tied to it. And I've been thinking about it because I kind of try to chart out what I'm going to do for the week on this show. Past two days, I was like, okay, Thursday episode's about this. And I've been thinking about it. I'm like, that's kind of just a nice visual, but I don't know how much I can really say about it. And then today, something clicked. I thought, what if it's true? What if out of all the stuff I talk about, what if this one's true? So the what it is, it's called the Bank of Souls. It's also known as, and forgive me if my pronunciation is wrong, you know how normally I'm really on top of this stuff, but it's the Guff. The Guff specifically is the Bank of Souls, but there's a few levels going on here. So what we first have is a amazingly, mind-bogglingly, mind-boggingly huge tree that spreads through the universe across dimensions. It's everywhere. It's nowhere. It doesn't exist. It exists. And on that tree is the fruit of the most precious resource ever. That is and ever will be. And it's a soul. And what happens is when that soul gets ripe, it falls from the tree. And it falls into the guff, which is a massive treasury of souls. This exists in what's known as Seventh Heaven, not the television show. That would be even weirder but it's not. So in the guff, these souls fall. And when a child is conceived on earth, the angel Gabriel reaches in, pulls out a soul, and brings it to earth. And the whole time this process is going on, this life before life, the tree is populated with blue jays that sing songs in joy of the, of the life that is being created. It's a beautiful image. It's one of those things that I, when we look at ancient religion, the one thing I tell people, you know, people talk about the creation uh, story or creation myth, however you want to look at it, the book of Genesis. I always say, how else would, how do you explain evolution to a caveman? How do you explain the creation of a soul to a caveman? You would say, look at that tree and see how that bears fruit. That is also where we come from, yet the tree is is much more majestic. I do think it's interesting, too, that the human imagination is limitless, and whenever we talk about these metaphysical things, they take forms of objects that we know of, because even though our imagination is limitless, there's restrictions on it. It's this weird um, oxymoron. You can have these amazing characters in ancient religions and mythology, and they're like, this creature who who has existed before the universe was created has three heads, one of a lion, one of a crab, and one of a seahorse. And you're like, wait, those things didn't even exist before the universe was created. It's weird. There's this weird combination, because you can't just say, you know, Cerebus was this creature that I can't even describe to you. 
I have to go. I was a yeah, I was a dog with three heads. You know, call it a day. Who's Zeus? Who's this great god? I don't know, dude. He was a white dude with a, some lightning bolts. So it's weird because these should be creatures that are indescribable. The tree of life should be something that actually can't be described, but we have to tell another human about it. So we have to make it a form that we know of. It's it's interesting to me. The the limits of maybe not ima- imagination, but maybe the limits of communication, because we may be able to picture something completely, something that we can never describe. I've always in one of my stories I had a color and it was called amber blue, and it was a cross between blue and gold, and I can picture it, and I think everyone has their own idea of what amber blue would look like, but to me it's like a blue honey. Because it's not necessarily gold, it's like a thick yellow. And when you look at it, you see both the blue and the honey at the exact same time. One doesn't overpower the other. But when if I asked someone to draw that for me, and they, I don't think they would be able to really give me the color that I wanted, the color that I picture. I'd be like, no, you need a little more honey. Wait, no, no, no a little less, a little less. Okay, now a little more blue. Because my the way that I'm communicating it to you, I don't know if it's... If you can picture it the same way I picture it. But anyways, anyways, I'm getting off topic. The The point is, so I read this story about the guff, the, the bank of souls where all human souls are kept. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty story. It's on the conspiracy list, so I'm going to cover it, but it's really of no consequence. And then today I thought, wait a second. What if it's true? What if it's on that conspiracy list because maybe someone wanted people to look into Jewish mythology. Or maybe someone's like, hey, I'm going to put this on here because no one will guess that this one's true. There's different... And when I say it's true, the, the key factor to the Bank of Souls, the Treasury of Souls, is that there is a finite amount of souls. There's only so many souls to go around. Eventually the tree, like all trees, will stop producing fruit. And when that, all the, all the souls have fallen, and then Angel Gabriel, each time a child's conceived, is going to keep taking another one out of there, another one out of there. Eventually, he's going to be like, uh-oh, I only got like maybe a, a, a million left. He's pulling them out. Uh, 1.2 million people are born in India every month. That's a side fact that I thought was amazing. I think it's like 5 million people a month are born worldwide. I'm not trashing on India. I just think the fact that you could have one country that produces 1.2 million people in a month is amazing. But anyway, so Angel Gabriel's reaching in. He's pulling out these pulling out these souls. And when it runs out, that's it. Time ends. The Messiah comes back. The war is on. And then everyone is in their perspective realities for the rest of the rest of time. It's over. Reality as we know it is completely wiped off the map. So, I mean, obviously, to believe that theory, you have to believe a couple things. You have to believe, one, the soul, a human soul exists. Two, that there's a finite factor. And three, that you believe there's some sort of afterlife and there's an apocalyptic Armageddon thing coming up. But I think it's an interesting conspiracy theory because there's really only kind of three variations, three kind of thought processes on it. And there, there's, I mean, not necessarily three, but three main ones. One, you're an atheist and you just don't believe that human souls exist. Or maybe you're not an atheist, but you just don't believe human souls exist. That's one form of theory. Two, you have an Eastern form of mind where souls exist. Everything has a soul, and its souls are constantly being recycled over and over again. And every so often, 
you'll achieve perfection and you'll be removed from the game board. But there's for the for you know argument's sake, it's it's there's an infinite amount of souls because everything's living every single possible life. And the third one that there is a finite amount of souls. And the third one is the Western side where each person has one soul, and when you die, your soul is removed from this reality to never return. That's it. You're done. You're not coming back. Now, of course, ancient in, in ancient Judaism and in ancient Christianity, there are there is talk of reincarnation, like the Gnostic, um, the Gnostics in the you know beginning of Christianity. I'm not for sure how Muslim looks, uh, Islam looks at reincarnation, but so you have those those three sets. So if you believe in the third one, if you believe that every person has one soul and once you die, it goes to another reality. Then the question comes down, do you believe that there's a fixed amount of souls in the universe or not? And if there's a fixed amount of souls in the universe, we're on a countdown. If there's an unlimited amount of souls, then it doesn't matter. Personally, I don't know uh, what I believe as far as how many souls there are. I think reincarnation would actually be awesome because I like Earth. Um, But if I died and went to heaven or went to another dimension or ascended i'd be fine with that too but i'd much rather just be like a squirrel for a while and then like a duck and then a shark or something like that i i definitely believe that there's souls and i definitely believe there's life after death if you're an atheist that's totally fine i get it the evidence for the most part is on your side i'm not knocking that at all and it's funny as skeptical as i am about a lot of stuff people go dude i'm surprised you're even remotely religious let alone believe in souls and stuff like that you talk trash about all this other stuff and i'm like yeah i'm a skeptic about a lot of stuff but i'm not a skeptic about everything you can with all of my other beliefs if you showed me proof that there were no uh bigfoot people big feet there were no uh cryptids or there were no aliens living underwater any of my other theories and you're like nope the world is just bland and boring there's nothing special about it and you could prove to me 100 that was true i'd be like well i guess that's true but if you said look at here's here's some measuring device showing that nothing happens after you die you gave me all that information i would still go eh, i'm going to keep believing that there's something after death and i'm honest about that that's just the way that i look at things but imagine, back to the guff, I think that's interesting to think that every time a child conceive, is this soul is being taken out and put into this thing. I'm not saying it is true, it really is just a religious belief, an ancient religious belief. I'm not saying it is true, but if it is true, that's the ultimate countdown clock. Because even if you don't believe in some sort of Messiah coming back or some sort of Armageddon happening, you just believe that there's a difference, there's a human soul in us. And it's finite. What happens when it runs out? Does the universe just shut down? Is it almost like you're putting coins in a game and that's your last man when that last soul is taken out? Interesting. So that one is on the conspiracy list as well. There's actually a lot of information about it because it is something that people have studied in the past. So if you're curious about that, definitely check it out. I found it fascinating and I always like that old mythological imagery. And... um, that idea of that there's something else out there that we're descending from. It's just kind of a beautiful imagery overall. The consequence of it is not so pretty. The fact that everyone just disappears and dies when this box runs out of stuff. But sometimes we get the good with the bad. Well, that's going to be tonight's episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I hope you had a great time listening to it. Uh, My chicken just got done cooking, so if you hear a beep, that's what that was. It wasn't my fire alarm. 
but I might not have been picked up on this mic. Uh, email address is deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at Jason O. Carpenter. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Make sure to uh, subscribe to our podcast. Review us. Reviews always help. It helps us get noticed. It helps move us up. And if you have any friends that want to listen to it, have them listen to it too. I'm hoping you're having a great time. Feedback is always appreciated. Logo art for the website was done by Ash Black. They did an amazing job with it. We're going to go ahead and end this. It's only like 8 o'clock. I don't have to be to 1 in the morning editing this. But I did record a little bit longer than I should have again. But we're going to we're gonna chop it up and get it out to you. And we'll be back tomorrow for the ultimate, the ultimate food conspiracy. It took me a week to find the story I will bring to you tomorrow. And I was saving it for the last episode of the week. And it's a weird one. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.